Hey, let me just say I am fired up that you guys got fired up. Come on. You guys are inspiring. A great, great worship set. I love when our team can, can get us worked up and we can kind of have a little moment there. I want to say if you're a guest this morning, glad you're our guest. Glad uh, to have you with us this morning. Really our privilege to have you in the house. So uh, I want to I keep the tempo high. Can we do that? Can we stay high? Because I really feel like what God has placed on my heart to, to walk us through in Scripture today is, is my favorite conversation that I feel like I get to bring out of this whole entire series. And uh, before I go further, I want to start off with something funny. Uh, it's, 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 it's more or less uh, something that's uh, funny about me. You know, I, I'm, I'm fairly good at uh, talking, you know, self-deprecating. Uh, and embarrassing myself. I do that really, really well often. You guys know if you've ever heard me speak, you know I can say stuff like, oh my gosh, I just said that. They should fire me now. I'm a little embarrassed. You know, stuff happens, right? So um, this last week, I had all my wisdom teeth taken out, right? And, uh, you know, it was kind of traumatic for me. You know, I'm older now, right? They're supposed to happen when you're younger, and, and uh, my father-in-law had a pacemaker put in the same day in Virginia. He recovered far quicker than I did. And he, he mocked me and so did my wife. Uh, but let me just say this. So here's what's funny. Um, one, my wife is there, and she has this ritual of calling people to come, show up, because I, I don't do very good when they, when they knock me out. Stuff, I say stuff, and they love to egg it on. And I'm like, baby, what'd you do this time? So she took a photo. We didn't tweet it out. I, I, I don't know why. It was like the worst picture ever taken of me. So I don't know why I would not have want this to be seen. But that's me. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful. Come on. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. But that's not the funny part. That's just the stage and set this up. You see how out I was, all right? I was out. And what they do is once you move from the surgery chair, they walk you in. A little lady escorts you she holds your hands and she walks backwards I didn't know any of this until I was waking up in the next room and I my wife told me all this happened but apparently I'm sitting there in the next room 30 or so minutes later after drugs are wearing off and I see a man holding a woman's hands walking by with our down the hallway with our door open apparently I looked over and I said What's wrong with that guy? Did I, I didn't look like that idiot, did I? That's what I said. And so he's like stumbling and stumbling and trying to get to the next room. And I'm like going, what's wrong with that guy? I didn't look like him, did I? What a nerd, you know, whatever. What a goofball. And so she goes, no, Mr. Murphy, you, you didn't quite understand what the holding hands was for. She said, along the way, I'm trying to help you. She said to my wife that I stopped and said, let's play patty cake. And I, she said I stood there and was going, patty cake, patty cake. And I did the whole thing. I don't remember any of it. But that's what the nurse said. So anyways, so welcome to my church. Glad you're here. Let me uh, pray for us and let me turn the corner and, and, and walk us through what I feel like God's placed in my heart today. God, we love you. And God, it is, it is completely our privilege to ever have had a God who would have given his life for ours. God, you looked down from heaven and saw a mess, saw some brokenness, 
saw a lot of hurt and pain, God, and you, you gave your son Jesus. You gave your very best. You sacrificed 100%. Your very best for us to find hope, to find freedom and forgiveness. God, I pray in the next few moments, you would spur us on. You would fire us up to follow you in faith and take some, some spiritual steps today of trusting you with everything. So in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, we're, we're wrapping up today. We're concluding our series, Being Rich. We've talked through a passage which has meant a lot to a lot of us. And let me just say, I'm so proud of many of you. Many of you have taken some huge strides with trusting God in the arena of your time, your talent, and your treasure, your stuff, your money. And that's a big, big deal because a lot of us, I mean, that's, that's delicate stuff, right? That's delicate conversation in the church. But today I'm most passionate about this series, or about this message in particular in this series, because of the reason behind the generosity, the reason behind it all. But let me walk you through to help catch some of you up and to bring us to the last portion of this passage that we're going to walk through and look at today. Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 says this, Command those who are rich, which we know are, that's us. If you are someone who has more than what you need, you're considered rich. We, we've, we've walked through that in the last few weeks. Timothy says we need, to, we need to challenge ourselves. We need to challenge ourselves who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to be proud thinking we got there and arrived at our, our state of mind or our state of wealth or our state of lifestyle by accident. Don't get arrogant in that. It wasn't you that did it. it was, this is not a governmental conversation, right? This is, this is a God conversation. God's saying, be reminded, I put you there. The breath you breathe, the reason you have, I am the great giver and I've gifted you to the place that you're at. You're rich. So don't be arrogant, nor to put your hope in any kind of wealth, which is so uncertain. But to place your hope, place our hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Let me just say this. God is a good God. God's not asked the bulk of us to sell all our, all our stuff and go live under a bridge. In fact, I know there's plenty of church movement ideas out there I would think are foreign to God's word because we see clearly God, God wants us to be blessed. He's not a genie in a bottle, but God says, I want you to be provided with everything that you need and a whole lot of your wants, the extra, for your enjoyment. God's not against us. He's for us. He, he wishes for us to have a wonderful life. He really does. So he wants us to, to enjoy his life, the life that he's gifted to us. So he says, but not all for yourselves. Not, not all just consume, consume, consume all for myself. I want you to share it. I want you to bless some others. I want you to be generous. So command them, command us to go do good. Go use your stuff for good and where we get the name of this series, to be rich, be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And here's where I want to go today. So that in this way, we will, you and I will lay up for ourselves treasures in this coming age. That we will lay up treasures 
for ourselves, for themselves, for others who aren't yet connected to God. Maybe others who aren't connected to, to knowing that there's, a, there's a, an, another place beyond this place because what we're learning here, that there is a coming age. That, that this, this, this idea that this life is for this life is false. This life is really just a preparation for what's next. You guys get that. This life is really, really isn't all about this life. And that is so hard. I'm, I'm just going to say it personally. That is really hard for me to grasp on an er- everyday, daily basis. Because I'm, in the mo- I'm, a, I'm an in-the-moment kind of guy, as you can see. <laughs> I'm in the moment. I'm playing patty cakes with people, right? I, you and I are both, we're, we're people who are, we're, we're in the moment, we're in this world, and it's hard for us to recognize that this life really isn't about this life. That there really is a Jesus, a Savior, a God who will come back and take us, those of us who are forgiven, to be with Him for all of eternity in heaven. And that's some incredible news. But the idea of this message, this idea today is that if we get to the place where we think this life is all about this life, then we'll miss the point of our lives. We'll miss the purpose of our lives. So, what we've done in this series, we've walked through some, some ideas. We've walked through and said that, that we want to be as a church and as individuals, we want to be intentional with sharing our resources. That is to say, we want to be processing and thinking in advance, hey, what, I want to, what, do, I want to, what do I want my life to count for? Where do I want to make an investment today? Who's the person I can give to? How can I contribute to help my church, my family, to, to be great at being generous? Because no one should outgive God. No one should outgive God's people who have been sacrificed so much for. And nobody should ever look at the church and say, you know what? Those people talk a great game, but they don't put their money where their mouth is. And so what we're saying is, hey, as a church, listen, if we really believe that this life is not about this life and it's a preparation for what's next, then we'll be people who are trusting God with our stuff. And saying, God, you know what? You're ultimately in charge, and you really are better at managing the world than I am. God, you really are somebody that I can trust completely better with my life than me trying to take it from you and saying, God, I got this. I don't need you. See, the entire experience with God is this. God just says, you know what? I'm a jealous God, and I don't want anything else to compete with me being number one in your life. And if you'll put me first, if you'll place your complete trust in me, then and only then will life really be life. And can I just say, as a church, that's why we exist. It's why we exist. It's why we launched this church. We launched this church so that we could, we could model people who are full of joy, full of peace, trusting and following God so that other people outside of this, this, you know, bubble sometimes that we are in, people who are on the outside, looking from the outside in, they could find their way back to God. See, we didn't create this church just to be for church people. We didn't. We created this church for people who were far from God. And God wants to leverage our lives, our stuff, our junk. God wants to leverage your struggles for somebody else's forever. 
He really does. He wants to leverage your life for somebody else's forever. So as a church, we want to be intentional with sharing our resources. We want to be intentional with sharing our time. I love, uh, my wife last week shared with me that there was a lady in our church when she found out that we're having a ladies' brunch. Like, really almost couldn't control the fact that she wanted to help uh, cook. In fact, she said, listen, I was made for this moment. I was made for this moment. You guys are going to do this brunch? I want to cater the whole thing. In fact, my family, we have, we have a catering business. It's something that it runs in our family. It's something I grew up doing. We've got all the stuff. We've got everything you need. We cater lots of events all over the place. I want to do this for you. You know what we said? Okay. <laughs> I mean, this girl, she was like, I was made for this. See, God, God wants to leverage all your gifts to be a blessing to somebody else. You know why? Because at the end of the day, you and I both know there are people walking through this life asking the question, is this really believable? Is this really legit? And you know what, you know what really, um, really sells? Not our words. Not us talking a great game. Not us, not us just even singing, I love Jesus. But acting on it, modeling it, sacrificing for somebody. I remember several years ago, we had some neighbors that, that looked at us like we, you know, we had it all together. We didn't. But they had some real struggles. They had a daughter who had had multiple heart surgeries and even had a heart transplant. And she was down on her last leg begging for another heart, which would be very rare to get. I remember one day after my wife and I really were doing everything we could do to be intentional, saying, you know what, gosh, we've got to serve this family. They've got so many struggles, and we really want them to know there really, does, there really is a God who loves them. Because at that moment in time in their life, they didn't think God cared at all. They thought God had forgotten them. And I would mow their grass all the time. I remember Bo and Greg came out one day, stopped me as I was mowing their yard. I didn't, I didn't know they were home. They'd woken up. They'd been all night in the hospital with their daughter. She was still there. And they just said, why do you keep doing this? Almost like mad at me. And I just said, I, I don't know. I just, my heart's heavy for you guys. I love you. You know, we, we just, we just, we're aching as you go through this experience. And some of you guys, you've shown up today, you, you've got some real hurts, you've got some real struggles, you've got some real pain. Bo and Greg <clears throat> had walked away from God many years before. And for whatever, whatever God was doing, God used some goofy guy trying to mow their grass, aggravating them to, 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 to have them start asking the question again. God, have, have you forgotten us or do you, have you remembered us? And over time, over time, that family came to Christ and gave their hearts to Jesus. And I'm telling you what, we, we hear from them often. Uh, Sydney uh, got her second heart, but then passed away not long after. And we've shared this story with, with, with you before about these guys. But this is, this is really all about leveraging everything we've got. I was made to mow grass. I'm great at it. I love, I love yard work. 
Anybody like yard work? I really do. I used to mow yards in high school and help ladies, you know, in our, in our neighborhood who couldn't mow their grass. I loved it. I lo- it turns, I, my brain turns off and I can just landscape, mow with the best of them. You need your yard done? Just, just call me. I'm a great yard boy, okay? I, I can do whatever you guys need. But as a church, we want to be great. We want to be intentional with sharing our time. We want to be great with intentionally sharing Christ. Now, I notice that some of you guys, when you hear that, share Christ, I'm like, gosh, that's scary. That is why we do church the way we do. Because we want to help you with this. We want to, we want to be, we want to like a basketball team. We want to, we want to, we want to give an assist or have the assist. We want, to, we want to do church in such a way that you feel confident, confident. If I invite my friend to church, man, they're going to show up and they're going to get the best. They're going to, they're going to have some people out here parking with a smile on their face. The, the, the kids' areas are going to, are going to be rocking. I'm, I'm going to feel confident with dropping my kid off. The message is going to be pertinent. It's going to connect on, on all levels because I, I, I don't know, you know what, what this guy needs, but I think it's going to be perfect for him or her. As a church, we want to help with this. We want to help in sharing Christ. Why? Because, listen, at the end of the day, this life is not about this life. It's a preparation for what's next. So as a church, we aren't here just to be good church folks, but to allow God to use us to bring purpose to some of this madness that we experience. God wants to use us for somebody else's future. So, let me just say this, because sometimes when you talk about generosity, it could be perceived wrongly when it's spoken by a pastor, right? Because we've heard of experiences where there's been misuse of funds and all that kind of stuff. But let me just, because I can't say this strong enough, let me just tell you what Scripture says when it comes to what's the real motivation behind generosity, our generosity. Let me just say this. Let Scripture say this. Matthew 8 or 6 says this, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth why because this earth is gonna this earth is gonna end at some place it's not gonna always continue just the way it is right now don't store for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal there's more to this life than this life. Uh, Jesus told a story that, that articulates this idea really, really well. He tells this parable, actually, it says in Scripture. And whenever Jesus told a parable, parable was always for a point. He'd use this story, this idea, so that the listeners would, would take an action step. Hey, I'm not just going to tell you this story just because it's a great story, not like, you know, my just telling a story to make you laugh with me, you know, playing patty cakes. But Jesus tells a story so that there'd be a response. So he tells this story about this guy because this guy missed something critical in his life. So in Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells a story about this guy. It says, The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. So you got a couple things working right out of the bat, right out of the gate. There's a guy who's already rich that... His, his, you know, his crops yields a great abundance. So he's already got a significant amount of stuff. He's rich. So his extra now has extra, right? He's got even more extra now because 
you know, he's just had this incredible abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? Hmm, I got all this stuff. God's blessed me. I'm rich. I'm extremely rich, apparently. What shall I do? So he says, I have no place to store my crops. So he says, this is what I'll do. I will will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. So this guy's got barns. He's already got them full of stuff. They're not big enough. He's got all this extra, extra, extra now. A a whole lot of extra. So he's going to tear those down and build bigger ones for his extra surplus. And I'll say to myself, now listen to this, and I'll say to myself, and I think we say this to ourselves, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many, many years to come. Here's here's what's happening here. This guy's convinced he's got enough stuff, and he does. He's got plenty of stuff. He feels really, really confident in his stuff, but he's not confident in how many days he has left. He's overconfident in the amount of stuff he's had, but he has no clue how many days he has left. And that's a problem for a lot of us. A lot of us get really, really confident that we've got some cushion here, or we've got a little extra here. But none of us can be confident on how many days we have left. None of us know how many days are left. And so he says in his confidence, I'll just take life easy. I'll eat, drink, and be merry. And that's great. I don't think God's mad at that. But here's what God says. God says to him, you fool. Now, God's not mad that he's got stuff. God's God's the God of extra. God's the God who's given him all this stuff. He's got what he's got because God allowed him to happen. God gave the rain for the crops to grow and gave him the abundance. But God says, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Like, eh. Game over. Your time's up. You're going home. So this guy didn't have any time left. And then I love this question. Then, who will get what you've prepared for yourself? All that you've worked for, who's going to get it now? Not you. You're not going to enjoy it. And this is what Scripture ends with saying. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. So how to... How, do, how, do, how are we rich? How, do, how, how, how can we become rich towards God? What does rich towards God look like? Let me say this. The only way you'll ever be rich towards God, the only way that you can, can really be rich towards what God's doing in this world, the only way you can ever play your role or really fulfill your purpose, find joy, be happy, the only way you can ever be rich towards God is to understand that this life is not about this life. And can I just tell you that helps me so much? It helps me tremendously. Because, how, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you guys walked in this morning with something you're worried about? How many of you guys walked in with something you're, you got on your plate that you're just like, I'm just, just torn up over it. It's, it's crushing me, the weight of this. The struggle. Let me just say that this time of the year, for a lot of people, is heavy. I mean, it's, it's Christmas, we get excited, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, gift giving and presents, and ultimately we know as Christ followers it's about God's presence, right? But this time of the year is especially tough for me. It, 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 it honestly seems like yesterday that my dad and my pastor walked in when I was 19 years old and said, your mom's gone, she's gone. 
forever. Maybe like she passed away. She had cancer. And as a 19-year-old guy, I learned really quickly the value of time. I had a mom, and now I don't. And I can say countless times over the years, God using that to help me wrap my brain around, this life is not all about this life. I had a mom, I witnessed a portion of her life at my age, and now I know know what it's like to not have her any longer. (laughs) I use this against my kids every now and then when they're talking back to their mom, like, listen, you don't know how much longer you'll have her. Trust me, I know. I want to take back every time I talk back to my mom because... I didn't know I wasn't going to have her that, that long. So when it comes to time, this guy thought he had time. None of us are guaranteed any time. But God says, listen, the reason you're still here is because I want to use you. I want to work something through your life. I want to do something with you. I want it to count. But I don't want you to just use all your life just for yourself. I want to grow you. I want to give you a purpose, but I want you to use your life. I want to use your life for somebody else's future. Do you know why God made some of you great at what you do? Not just for you to store it for yourselves, but to share it with somebody else. Isn't it fun to share your stuff, what you're good at with somebody else? Like I love, I love, you know, having a party at my house. I love it. Like everybody come over, we're going to, you know, my daughter Allie's going to make guacamole and we're going to goof off. I got a zip line in my backyard because I love to have parties at my house. I'm like, what can we do? How can we make this more fun? I'm like the doctor of fun at my house. My my daughter the other day said, Daddy, you should be a youth pastor again because you're way more fun at just being fun than trying to be the pastor. (laughs) And she goes, you know what I think? She goes, instead of saying helping people find their way back to God, we should just say helping people have a whole lot of fun. And I said, really, that's what we are doing. That's what we are doing. When, you, when, you, when we really grasp this life is not about this life, this makes life thrilling, right? When I know that life's not going to end in the grave, I mean, how fun is that? How awesome is that to know that there really is a Jesus who will come back and take us with us someday? That's awesome. But the only way you'll ever be rich towards God is to understand that this life isn't about this life. So let me end like this. Put some handlebars around this for a moment. I want us to walk away today with maybe making, making a declaration for ourselves. I want to give you three things that I believe are, are, are crystal clear values of our church. I mean, you, you, you'll, you'll hear these and go, yeah, this is my church. This is, I've always heard this out of them. But I, I believe this is something that I want, I, I believe God wants for us to be strong values of ourselves personally. So consider these as Three declarations. Because of this life, because this life is preparation for the next, I will value, number one, here's three things, jot these down, stewardship over ownership. Because this life is not all about this moment here, I'm going to value stewardship over ownership, which means this. God's entrusted to us everything that we have, right? God's the owner, we're just the managers, God wants us to steward our lives well. Don't waste your life. Let's make sense of your life. You know, you went through that difficult time. Let's make sense of that. Let me use that difficulty, that struggle, your experience to help somebody else out. Hey, let's use that wonderful gift of hospitality. Why don't you host some parties at your house? Why don't you use your gift of hospitality 
to point somebody else to Jesus? Why don't you use your amazing gift of serving somebody? You're just wonderful like nature of like, wow, let me just nurture and encourage you through this dilemma. Use that. God wants to use our stuff for other people's futures. So he says, all through Scripture it's backed up, stewardship over ownership. Secondly, because this life is preparation for the next, I will value people over possessions. People over possessions. I can't tell you how many times a week my wife says to our kids, kids, come on now, quit arguing, quit fighting over that. People over stuff, people over stuff. Our kids always get sideways when they think they're in charge of, they own their space, right? My space, my stuff. No, it's not. You're not the owner, you're just stewarding it. People over stuff, people over possessions. Listen. What would it look like? What would it really look like if those people who call themselves Christians or Christ followers really put their money where their mouth was? We would change the world, would we not? We would change the world if we didn't just use all our stuff. Now God wants us to enjoy it, but not all of it. God wants us to share it. If, what if we use a percentage of our stuff, a percentage of our time to use our gifts our talents, the things God's gifted us to point people to Jesus, to love and serve somebody else. We would change the world. And guess what? You'd be happy, fulfilled, full of joy, full of purpose, complete. And let me just tell you what happened. You'd be connected to God like never before. God wants to take every bit of how he made you, how he wired you, and what you have experienced, he wants to leverage it. Most of us think of ourselves way too much. Way too much. I think of me way too much. I am never happy when I'm thinking a lot about me. Never. I'm either happy with myself, and that's not good. And I'm either mad at myself, and that's not good. I need to think less about me. And when I think less about me, and I put my attention on loving and serving somebody else, being rich towards God, I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. I'm content. And God's going, come on, baby. You're in the sweet spot right now. Way to go. Way to go. Keep, keep it up. Keep it up. That's how we find our way back to God. As a church, we want to put people over possessions. We want to keep people first. It's not about our stuff. It's about people. Thirdly, because this life is preparation for the next, I will value the eternal over the temporal. The eternal over the temporal. Listen, Scripture says, this life is but a vapor. It's here today, and it's gone tomorrow. The reason you're still breathing, the reason you are breathing and alive at this moment is because God wants to use you. You thought about that? Perspective, perspective today. If you're alive, your life is not about this life. God wants to use you. You're here for a purpose. If you're here in this moment, I guarantee you God's trying to get your attention to leverage how he made you, how he wired you, your stuff to help somebody else find him.
Let me, let me end with this one verse and this last thought. And this is a strong word. It's a strong word. Let me just say that. Philippians 3, 18 through 20 says this. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Disconnected, lost. Many people live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction. Why? Why? What's, why would that? How'd that happen? Why? Because their God is their stomach. Not just that they're hungry all the time, but they're just serving themselves. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. So that sounds miserable to put your mind on earthly things, right? I mean, you want to you be unhappy? Keep living for yourself. Keep taking every bit of your time and efforts and resource and serve yourself. And this is what it looks like. Sounds miserable. But, but, and here's the great, greatest news. But our citizenship is in heaven. I'm not a citizen of earth. My citizenship, where I belong, where we will all be a part for those of us who are forgiven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just say this. The greatest, the greatest deterrent for radical generosity is the illusion that this earth is our home. That's the greatest deterrent for us being generous and living our lives in such a way where they're truly life is to think that this is our home. The greatest news that you and I can ever have. What gives us hope when you go through dark and difficult times, losing a mom, going through a divorce, getting cancer, falling back into your addiction. Listen, Jesus is the answer for all of those. He's hope. He's our hope. He is the hope of the world. And let me just say this. If you're here this morning and you don't have hope, Jesus is your answer. If you're here this morning and you have no hope, you have no, nothing to hang your hat on, nothing to sink your teeth into, life is not life. Jesus wants to give you hope today. Let's pray. God, as we close out this service, God, I pray for every person that would be here who's listening to the sound of my voice. I pray for every person in this room, God, that is searching for significance, searching for peace, longing to feel like I could be forgiven. God, I pray in this moment that you would you'd woo their hearts and lead them to you. And in this moment, maybe God, the, those of us who are searching for you would simply just Make a bold confession. Jesus, I need you. Just pray it right now. Jesus, I need you. Would you come into my life? I make you the leader and forgiver of my life. God, save me. If that's you today, I just invite you to share it with somebody. Let me know after the service or flag somebody down or take the God plunge as your next spiritual step. God, I want you in my life. I want to start following you. I want to direct my life towards you. I don't want to be incomplete. I want to be made complete in you. 
God, save me today. That's you in this moment. You are saved. And when he comes back, he'll take you with him. God, we close this out and just say thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us, for dying for us, for giving your life for us. We love you, and Lord, I pray that you would use this church to help every man, woman, and child find hope, forgiveness in you. Do that, God. Stir us up, fire us up. Cause us to make some radical spiritual decisions. All in your name, God. That we would be great at being rich. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.